Hi, and welcome to Modern Thirst podcast number three. Uh, this is also a video cast, so you can find us on YouTube, or if you're just listening at home, uh, you can listen on any of the standard podcast channels like iTunes and Podbay. Um, this is Bill Straub. I'm the editor of Modern Thirst, and on this podcast, our world whiskey writer, Wes Jolly, and I uh, went through a vertical tasting of uh, five different releases of a Midwinter Night's Dram, which is a very popular rye whiskey uh, by High West Distillery. I hope you like it, and if you like what we do, please consider supporting us on Patreon. It's patreon.com slash modernthirst. Um, this is a labor of love, and it, while it takes a lot of time and talent to, I hope, talent to produce this, it also takes a lot of money to keep the site flowing, so anything you can do would be greatly appreciated. Thank you very much, and we hope you enjoy. And with us is Wes Jolly. Wes, want to introduce yourself? I'm Wes Jolly. I'm the world whiskey writer for ModernThirst.com. Been uh, writing since around January timeframe. Well, we've got a uh, kind of a different take on the on the podcast today, and this will this will also be a video podcast like our other one, a video cast. So you'll find this on YouTube and on iTunes and all the the fun podcast uh, channels. Uh, but uh, Wes and I, uh, since the holidays have come around and we just had a release of what I think is probably one of the quintessential holiday whiskeys, we're going to do a, a tasting of multiple releases of, of Midwinter Night's Dram by um, um, High West Distillery, and that's out of Park City, Utah. This is a, a, a rye whiskey. It's a blend of a couple of different rye whiskeys that are finished in French oak port barrels. Um, and they've become very popular. I reviewed the, the original one on the site that I have here, the, the earlier one, which is Act 2.9, Scene 710 in my little uh, whiskey bottle. I reviewed that on the site uh, probably back in 2014, I think, when it was released. Um, and it, I scored it at a 90, and I absolutely loved it. I, I thought it was a really tasty, um, tasty little, uh, little rye whiskey, and uh, we thought it would be kind of neat to come back around and taste multiple different ones. Um, I've got two, and Wes has three different ones to taste, including uh, we both have some of the newer ones from Act 5. So we'll kind of go through those and see what we think and see how it's held up over the years. How do you think about that, Wes? Sounds good. I have uh, Act 2.4 from 2014 and Act 3.3 from 2015 and Act 5.3 from the most recent release in 2017. I uh, thought it's an interesting, uh, interesting blend. Basically, it's it appears that it's High West Rendezvous Rye of their their MGP, their younger MGP, and an older Barton um, blend is what most will say that it's uh, it's uh, coming from with uh, the French port cast, and I think it adds a a unique um, a unique profile to the Rendezvous to the Rye. I think um, I, I've always been a big fan of High West. I, I you know, I, I don't want to say they do things wholly different than any other non-producer distiller has been do- doing, um, but I really like that that very similar to the way uh, Smooth Ambler does it. They, they don't lie about it. There, there's no, um, you, you know, they don't try to tell you that this was their secret grandfather's recipe. They, they kind of pretty much come right out and tell you exactly what they have in the bottle and, and everything but tell you exactly, you know, where they bought it from, which specific distillery, but you can always find it out anyway. So, um I, I kind of like the way that they're very upfront with their consumers. And then on top of that, I just kind of always feel like they do a pretty damn good job of putting something in a bottle that tastes good. So um, I'm a fan, and this is this has been one of the more popular whiskeys I've had, uh, one, of, one of my, my favorite ryes I've had, I guess, over the last four or five years. Um, I will say I haven't tried Act 5 yet. The Act 5.5 is the one that I have. I haven't, I haven't tried it. I've got it sitting here in a glass. 
uh, alongside the 2.9. I haven't tried the 2.9 yet in, in several months as well. Um, so I'm kind of looking forward to this. Great. You want to dive in with uh, the two point series, the 2014? Our uh, whiskey club, the Proper Pour Whiskey Club, we've actually um, tasted the 2.4 and the 3.3, you know, both known and blind. Um, from November 2014 and September 2015, we tasted the, uh, the 2.4 release. And I actually even found my uh, notes from that. So that was interesting to go back and see from uh, three years ago what I had to say about it. Yeah, I just pulled up my uh, my review that I did of this one as well. And um, I know that there's a place where I can see when it was posted, but maybe on the um, the mobile site, it's harder to find. I don't know. Um, so you said you gave the uh, your version, the 2.9, you gave it a 90 on the site? It was a 90, yeah. We, uh, I've rated this, um, when I first tasted uh, 2.4, I gave it a 93. When I tasted it blind, I gave it a 92.5. Uh, and that was about a year apart when we tasted it known and tasted it blind. Um, and for our group, the overall average is right at a 90 for this. Uh, I liked it a little bit better than some others in the group, but it is a, uh, a definitely was a winner uh, for me. I was drinking at that Christmas of 2014. Yeah, I, I think I've always explained this. The 2.9 to me has always, if people say, well, what does it taste like? I, say, I always say, well, there's, and, and I'm getting it again here. There is a ton of, of like a sweet citrus. It's almost like a, uh, a syrupy lemon um, juice um, that, that comes out almost like lemon zest and, and simple syrup. And it's very characteristic of uh, decently aged um rise from from mgp um you can taste it in some of the older single barrels of, of smooth ambler but i get it in spades here and it, it's along with some kind of um gingerbread and cloves and it smells like christmas i don't know how else to say it but it makes it kind of the perfect time of year to to break these out there were many times i had this sitting uh, beside the fireplace in our house and my first note when i first noticed it three years ago was liquid fruitcake it reminded mm -hmm. me of remind me of Christmas. Uh, I detect uh, the finishing. I, I detect the French oak on it, and you definitely get that um, that uh, wine port finish on there mm -hmm. uh, with with the spices. Um, and uh, for the taste, I I have my notes are I get caramels, some. Uh, Burnt sugars, almost cola-esque burnt sugars with vanilla, dark fruits, and spice. And that finish uh, just lingers. It does not come mm. across as a this 49.3%. does not come across that in no. this version at all. No, I get uh, – I still get a lot of the – especially on the finish, I think that port, that port finishing um, comes through in spades. You really get that dark plum – uh, sweet grape flavor on the dark fruit on the back of the, the palate as I, as it finishes. And it's a long finish. Um, it's a, uh, it's really good. I agree. I get a lot of, uh, on the 2.9, I get, um, a lot of vanilla and caramel. There's a lot of that rye spice on the back of it. Um, but, uh, I, I get gingerbread kind of shortbread, maybe shortbread more than gingerbread bread. And I get a little bit of the, the, the caramel up front, but it kind of gives way very quickly to the um, um, to the more baked goods kind of 
uh, shortbread, I guess, is, is probably the best way to say that. I agree. The spice is added in there. Um, nothing to me really overpowering. A nice, mm. nice, good blend of the the two different rise and just to me the right amount of time of uh, in the French port barrels. Mm. Um, this was really what got me excited about uh, High West. Actually, uh, mm-hmm. was the was the um, this particular uh, special release. Yeah, this is tasty. I, I could go back to this. I, I wish I had more of it than that. Um, uh, but uh, I could go back to this again and again. I love it. Um, I'm, I'm a huge fan, by the way, of, of printing my own labels on anything that I'm saving. I'm um, trying to make it look like it, it's professional or special. Um, so that's why I have my little round printing label with a midwinter light, nice dram uh, logo on it. Yeah, after uh, looking back at what I scored it before, I would still put it in the same range. To me, that uh, that 2014 release is definitely a 92 uh, range whiskey for me. I uh, I really like it. Yeah, I, I think in retrospect, I would go higher. I, I know that there was a time, this was probably reviewed in 2015, if I had to guess, maybe 2014. Uh, but there was a time when, when I didn't like port finishes and, and any sort of barrel finish on a on a rye, and that might have might have caused it to fall a little bit at the time but now looking back on it trying it now i mean this is this is a i mean i, I can't think of a lot of rise short of some you know 10 year old smooth ambler single bar- barrels that I, I enjoy more than this that's really good this is a um it's a great great whiskey uh do you want to move on to Start us off on 3.3. Sure. You don't have the three series. And actually, the um, the the 3.3, I went out, I bought two bottles of it because I could find one bottle of the, the 2.4. And then when 3.3 came out, I immediately got two, and I still have one unopened bottle sitting down there. And for me, I was actually a bit disappointed in the 2015 release versus, to me, there's the most – difference between the three the 2014 and 17 to me are closer than the 14 and 15 um quite a different um i scored this twice in the group when i knew what it was i scored an 86 when i tasted it blind i gave it an 83 um so overall it's about an 84 range uh, whiskey for me and for the club group it actually has been tasted eight or nine times and uh by different individuals and has come in at 83. So quite a difference, an eight point spread in reality for me. And um, the biggest difference for me is on the nose for 2015, you get menthol, eucalyptus, mint, quite a bit more of that classic rye dill note. You get a lot of dill in this. Um, One one, um, individual who tasted it actually described it as pickle juice and um, Actually, black marker. Actually, you know, a black marker like you can write on a board. So it's definitely a different nose. Uh, don't, than you, don't sniff it too deeply then. Yeah, okay. definitely a different nose than on 2014. Um, on the, um, the taste, it's a little bit more astringent than the 2014. Uh, to me, not as pleasant on the f- finish. You get... You get the same caramels. You get some dark fruits. You get almost some um, vermouth notes in this versus the the 2014 
maybe a little bit of those baking spices again, but not as, to me, not as fruity as the 2014 or 2017. So right before we went on air, I, I tasted all three of them again, just to, to get a feel for them. And when I go back to them, I still, to me of the three, I would still put the 2015 release, the three act three, uh, special release at the lower end of the three, uh, was a little bit disappointed. I could not find uh, the Act 4 release in Colorado. They were sold out because of the, the popularity of the High West uh, limited release. But, um, yeah, I would probably put this down still in the 84-85 range um, after after revisiting with it. Interesting. That's It's kind of disappointing. I'm glad I haven't found one for a while. You know, we recorded uh, episode two last week, and uh, when we were done, I think we all stayed on and chatted for a little bit. And one of the things I lamented was the fact that I hadn't seen a Midwinter's Night Night's Dram on on shelves here in Louisville in quite some time. And the very next day, I, I just happened to be over at my parents are moving, and I was uh, over at their house helping them get some stuff together. Stopped at a liquor store by their their house, and sure enough, there was one sitting right on the shelf. And I mean, maybe I just need to talk about not being able to find William Lou Weller and some other ones uh, while we're on here. And, pop into some stores tomorrow yeah that's that's a good that's a good idea i remember seeing the picture of that when you got it that kind of led me to saying let's do a let's do a vertical yeah good let's call take, by the way, let's take several of them but uh i mean it's not it is not a uh, whiskey that i would turn down but i would if i had the choice between the 14 and the 15 it'd be 14 the 2014 act two all the way well i um i again i've tasted very few rise uh since we started the site in january of 2000. 14. Uh, I've tasted very few rides I like more. That's, that's, that's a good, uh, a good thumbs up on that. I would say, um, I think definitely uh high West. I think it's why it's hard to, to find the price is actually going up. I don't know what you had to pay for it in, uh, in Louisville and Colorado Springs. When I got the 2014, it was probably in the 74 to 79 range. Uh, the act, uh, 5.3 was, uh, right at, uh, 90, a little over 90, 90, 91 in Colorado Springs for the new um, release. Yeah. I think it was a hundred bucks. It might've been 105. I can't remember which one. And that's what I've seen on a lot of people reporting, um, on other sites talking about getting their hands on act five. Um, the, the prevailing price seems to be, uh, right at, uh, a hundred, right at, uh, three figures. So. It, it makes sense. You know, they, I know it's, it's a young whiskey by, you know, by law because of, of what's blended, but they do have some fairly old stuff blended into this. And you can tell it's not just lip service. They're not just pouring in, uh, you know, 5% of a, of a 15 year old, 16 year old yeah. rye. They, they've got a pretty substantial portion of this is, is an aged rye. So hopefully, uh, I mean, I, I can understand it. And then, of course the barrel finishing doubles your, your barrel costs and then some, so. You know, like I, this. Given today's market, I, I think it's probably one of the ones that, that's worth paying retail for. Right. I agree. I, I, I don't, um, I wouldn't say that it's uh, not worth it. It was one that I would, I would be willing to hunt out and, and pay 90 to 100 for it. I like the presentation, like the bottle, um, the old, old style glass, a little bit of sparkliness in the glass and the labeling, I think is a, is a really nice take on, uh, giving it that uh, older look also. Mm -hmm. 
Let's move on to Act Five. I want to get into Act this. Five. So you have not tasted Act Five yet, have you? Not at all. Not even a sip. Okay. So what do you get on the nose? You know, I get a little bit more vanilla on the nose and a little bit less of that citrus punch. I'm a, I, I kind of feel like I'm overusing this a little bit, but a, a little bit of kind of a circus peanut um, bubblegum kind of, of hint to it. Oh, really? I, I feel like I, I use that a lot anymore. I definitely get the caramel um, and the vanilla mm -hmm. note. And I have a very interesting description once the glass is empty. Last night I set the glass aside after it was empty. So I'm going to throw a fairly unique description on you when we get to the end after going back and smelling the glass. But I get cinnamon on the, on the nose. Um, um, if you've ever had those, um, a lot of times around Christmas, I'll have those, these mixed berry pies, Mrs. Smith pies or something. I'll have blackberries and raspberries mm -hmm. and lots of different fruits in this mixed berry pie. I get that on the nose of this 2017 release, these dark fruits. I can almost, smell, yeah, I can smell the port, the, the dark fruit on the back of that. And almost like a mold spice or wine note. Yeah, I was going to say kind of a clo cloves, but it's definitely like a spice wine. Uh, definitely um, a Christmas time dram, I would say, from uh, uh, one to sit and have by the fire. Definitely a, a wintertime drink. Yeah, I'd say they've hit the, uh, they've hit the naming and, and labeling on this one uh, on the nose. I mean, they have matched. What goes in the bottle matches matches how it's built, and and I love that. I think that's the best the best best possible uh, approach to it from a corporate standpoint. Um, not to derail it too much, but I did a an event with a uh, um, a producer who has not been a distiller, and they're about to become a distiller. Um, but we went out with a, a group of other. I guess we can talk about it. They allowed us to talk about it. It was Luxco. Um, and we went to St. Louis. Um, I had met with their marketing team in Cincinnati beforehand, and they were trying to pick out a name and a label for this this new bourbon they wanted to release. Um, and they wanted to go with a um, um, prohibition kind of theme. And the whole time we were going through this, they'd already decided. They just hadn't picked out the actual name. The whole time they were going through this, I kept talking with everyone, and I kept saying, very few people really correlate bourbon and prohibition because there weren't, you know, only, what, five places making bourbon and prohibition. And it, you, when you think of prohibition, you think of gin and stuff that's distilled in somebody's basement or Canadian whiskey that's the running Canadian. across the border. Um, and then when we got to St. Louis and we started the tasting, it was a uh, red wine finished source bourbon. I, was, I, I kept saying, how, how do these two go together? It, it just doesn't make any sense. If you're going to sell me on a prohibition um, label and make this a prohibition style whiskey, and then you're, it's a wine finished bourbon that's four or five years old. I, I don't get it. Yeah. And th they never brought it to market. Um, maybe because we all complained a little bit too much. I don't know, but, uh, but anyway, this is the exact opposite. They've done a great job of matching the, the, the whole theme and, and all of the marketing and, and, and the images of it with what's actually in the bottle. And I think that's pretty cool. So what do you get on the taste on, uh, you have five, five, I have 5.3. So pretty close to the batch release on both of these. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, so there's a lot of notes that, there's a lot of similarities to 2.9 there. Um, there's more pepper on this, more black pepper. That is definitely one of my notes I put on the finish. I put cinnamon and pepper. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's, it's, it's spicy. It's a, it's a warm spice. Cinnamon, cloves. Um, it reminds me of clove cigarettes. Have you ever been around people smoking those? Yes. Um, I get on, on the, for my finish notes on that, I, I like the finish. I put cinnamon, pepper, toffee, like spice, toffee, clove. Is that something mm -hmm. else I'd written down? Some almost dark chocolate. Yeah. 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 And on the, on the palate, I get a lot of, I actually get a lot of caramel on the, on the, you know, right on the tip of the tongue. I get a lot of sweet caramel, but there's a lot of oak in this that there's not in the, in the first one. Like this, this tastes like a, an older bourbon to me or, or older rye. I agree. I get a little bit, I would say a touch more oak, especially than versus two. Uh, I wrote on the taste, uh, some of the notes I jotted down were, uh, again, some dark berry fruits, blackberry, cherry. Mm -hmm. um, I can detect, definitely, you know, pick out the port. You can pick the finishing there. And I um, pick a little bit of ginger up in it, like a candy mm. ginger almost. Maybe that's contributing to a little bit of that spice note that I get on the finish. Yeah, there, there's something there that's kind of a, a sweet spice, but I can't really put my finger on it. It, it reminds me, this sounds really silly, but it reminds me of like a Thai chili sauce a little bit, that, that sweet but spicy. Maybe it is uh, I ginger, know. I don't know. One of the things I would definitely say about this is I really think it's a balanced whiskey. I think the nose matches the taste, the finish is um, there's nothing really out of balance, out of out of balance with each other. It's kind of what what you smell is what you get. I kind of love this whiskey. I got to be honest. Um, this is really tasty. It's a it's a definitely um, like I said. I this is probably the fourth um, dram I've sat down with on this, um, and. I would have to, I would definitely say it's closer to the 2014, the Act 2 releases, than the Act 3 release. Um, I still would probably, I think, rate uh, at this point the Act 2.4 uh, that I have a little bit higher. But this is, this is right on that 89, 90. It's like a 90 uh, scored whiskey for me right there in the, uh, would buy another bottle of it if I found one. Yeah, I was going to say I would rate this one somewhere around ninety ninety one. Um, I I would I would pick the two point nine ahead of this. So that again, saying that I, I probably underrated that originally on the site. Um, I would say it's probably a ninety point whiskey. There is there is a little bit of a uh, tannic finish to this one, a little barrel tannin as, as it dissipates that. I don't like as much it, when the, when when the two point nine dissipates for me. I, I, I it, it's the cinnamon and clove and that kind of sweet um, um, Christmas flavor. I guess you would say is kind of what what remains. And this one has that, but as it dissipates, I get a little bit of barrel tannins, um, and I would say that's really the big differentiator. I, I also say the nose on the two point nine is incredible. It, it's just insane, right? Um, but uh, uh, I really like it. I really do. 
Um, I, I hope I can find another bottle of it. Agree. I think it's definitely a, a, a 90s wish whiskey oh. and the, the two series act two series. I put a little bit higher. Uh, the, uh, the interesting note last night after I had a glass, I let the glass sit for a few minutes and came back as it was drying and nosed it. And uh, I get vanillas in it when I'm nosing it and when I'm tasting it, even in the 2017. And you get those dark fruits, the raisins, the dates, that type of thing. When the glass was, when I was finished with the glass, I went back and nosed it and I was telling my wife, I said, this is one of the strangest notes, but it smells like a little Debbie raisin cake. If you ever had those little Debbie God, raisin that, cake, that's a this throwback. There's been, yeah, I remember when I was a kid, but it's been dipped in some dark wine. And that's what I get when I nose the glass, when it's all done, you get that raisin, that vanilla cream, uh, a little bit of that. You mentioned earlier that shortbread, that cake mm-hmm. uh, note, but you also still get that poured in there. So, that's something to look for. If you get a glass of this and, or when you finish your glasses to go back and smell it and see if you get any of that. Uh, you know, you know what I was kind of getting on this and I hadn't put my finger on it. It's almost like a carrot cake, like that spice coffee cake, carrot cake kind of baked good. Um, I will also say that for anyone out there listening, if you like your whiskey on the rocks, um, I just, I just used a, uh, a little water dropper and put a few drops of distilled water in the, in the last of that one. Um, I would avoid it. I would avoid this whiskey uh, because it really does kill that sweetness. And you basically get the barrel tannins um, in spades when you, when you add water to it. Um, so if you're, if you're the type of person that has to have a little bit of water or has to drink this, you know, cold, um, I'd pick something else. Then the yeah, 5.5. Definitely, definitely for the 49.3% ABV, you don't get that. Uh, I've never, over the years when I've uh, had glasses of the the uh, midwinter night strand, I've never added ice or water to it because I think that it's you don't detect uh, high alcohol content. Um, it's a great balanced whiskey overall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I added a few drops to each one. I only had a little bit left in the glass, and and it it kind of brings out a, a barrel bitterness to both of them that that. And that's one of the things I really like about this is that there isn't a ton of bitterness in either one of them. It's, it's just really sweet for a rye whiskey, but spicy at the same time. And adding the drops of water brought out a bitterness I don't particularly care for. So I would suggest um, maybe, you know, finding something else if that's your jam. Right. And especially you, I mean, most estimate that there is some 15 to 16 year old, or it used to be, I don't know if the act five has that rye whiskey in there. And I think, a lot of times the rye whiskey can actually take a little bit longer in the barrel than some others. Um, but I don't, so I don't know what the mix is between the, the six year old MGP and the Barton, the older Barton, if they're still, still using that, but you don't get a lot of oak, a lot of tannins, a lot of astringency or those things. So I think that's a, that's a plus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I still like it a whole lot. Um, I, I typically don't drink my whiskey mixed at all anyway. Um, so it, it's, I, I always try to splash whatever I'm, I'm reviewing. I try to splash it at the end just to, because I know a lot of people do, they, they kind of prefer the ice or the, the little bit of water on, it, especially those barrel barrel proof things. And sometimes it actually winds up helping just to, you know, you don't need to do much in a, in a pour this, if you're doing a pour that's only an ounce and a half or something like that, you, you need about a third of a, of an eyedropper full of, of water to, to splash it. Maybe even just, you know, three or four drops of water 
Uh, just make sure it's distilled uh, if you want to do that. Sometimes it can bring out a lot of aromas that can be, if, if it's a really high proof whiskey, um, it can bring out a lot of aromas um, if, if you're kind of new to the tasting of the whiskey thing that you can't get, uh, you can't get to through the high ethanol um, type of fumes from a, you know, a barrel proof type of whiskey. But this one, it's not that high. Um, it might seem like it to some people, but it's not that high. It certainly doesn't drink like a, a 98 proof or above. Um, so um, avoid the water, avoid the ice with this one, drink it neat. Definitely sip it, sitting next to your Christmas tree with the fire going, uh, maybe watching Christmas Vacation or one of those, uh, whatever your holiday movie is. Uh, I would agree. But that's tasty. Makes me wish I smoked a pipe and, and um, could sit around in a smoking jacket with a Christmas tree in the back. And Nice uh, cherry tobacco pipe would be good with this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love the nose on these. It's a really unique. It's it's a really unique flavor. There are other ryes that are barrel finished. Um, there are plenty of ryes that are barrel finished, as a matter of fact. And I don't know what it is on this that that you get that cinnamon clove note going on it, but um, this definitely does. And and it's still, um, especially the nose, especially the nose. I, I promise you, if you if you get one of these and you pour it into a glass, let it sit for about ten minutes before you before you really approach it. Um, it's going to smell like Christmas to you. I don't know how else to explain it, but it's going to smell like someone's making a gingerbread house or, or you've just opened up all of those ornaments that have pine smell and, and, you know, cranberry and stuff floating around the house. Uh, it's just, it's just really nice. And, and, you know, this time of year, I mean, what, what could be better than, than sitting back with a midwinter nice dram? I agree. It's nice to sit and let the glass uh, fill the, fill the room. Uh, it's, it's a, a definite winter uh, Christmas time aroma. Well, very good. Um, you got anything else to add? What do you, you got anything coming up on the site? I know your um, Advent whiskey Advent calendar is coming out here. Uh, going to start that soon. Got that in the back here. I'm actually going to uh, uh, look at uh, doing uh, the first write-ups on that, start uh, doing a draft of that probably tomorrow. Uh, hopefully have the first one published on the first while I'm, Camping in Denver, waiting for the next Stranahan's uh, finished release for Snowflake. And hopefully we'll be able to um, get a write-up out there for all the Modern Thirst fans uh, for 24 straight days, taking us right up to Christmas time frame of a lot of different uh, rare and uh, uh, interesting uh, whiskeys. It starts off with a 25-year-old Dalvini. I'm looking forward. I know there's an Elijah Craig Barrel Proof in there. That's one of my favorite bourbons. Oh yeah. I hope they put what batch it is so I can com- uh, compare it to some other ones I've had, but uh, looking if forward they, to doing that. If they at least list the proof, we should be able to figure it out. Right. I, I, and and for those watching or listening, um, if you go to modernthirst.com and then under uh, whiskey and bourbon and whiskey, uh, click on bourbon and whiskey resources, there's actually a chart of all the releases of, of Elijah Craig barrel proof. So you know um, uh, which batch it is you're, you're getting based on the proof. We've got a lot of resources on the site for anybody who hasn't used it. We've got uh, tasting wheels and, and a list of, of the, uh, the BTAC releases, um, all sorts of things. I've even got a list of historical Kentucky distillery designations, so the KSP dash, you know, whatever, um, of probably 100, 100 to 150 old. A lot of them are defunct and only existed for a couple of years before Prohibition, but uh, culled that from a number of different sources as well. So we've had a lot of people email us about that. Uh, but check us out on modernthirst.com. Uh, you can find me at, at uh, uh, 
you can email me at Bill at Modern Thirst. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at Bill Straub. Um, and we are at Modern underscore Thirst at Twitter. And Wes, where can they find you? You can find me, email Wes at ModernThirst.com. You can find me on Twitter uh, uh, at Wes Modern Thirst. And a little plug here on the World Whiskey's front. The next uh, whiskey that I'm looking at reviewing is a Compass Box release, if you can see that, Phenomenology. Ooh. Which is, I saw I think, that the other day. I think I saw that box in a store. Um, it, it is an amazing presentation. I think there are, I want to make sure here, it says on the back, there are 7,000 bottles of it released. Uh, Jeremy and I just uh, tasted it the other night, did our tasting notes for that. It's going to be the next one I write. I hopefully will get it out next week. And uh, it's something definitely worth visiting. Uh, the whole idea behind it is Compass Box does not release anything about what is in the bottle. They want everyone to experience the, the nose, the taste, and, and describe it. And in late December, they're actually going to tell what's in the bottle. Uh, ah. with, the co- with the cost of it, uh, I would imagine it has some old, uh, some old scotches in there, and I'm actually going to try to guess maybe what a couple of them are. Uh, when we uh, do the review on Modern Thirst. So hopefully this will be out next week. If you have an interest in scotch and blended compass box releases, uh, you'll want to read about phenomenology. Fantastic. All right. Well, thanks. Thanks, Wes. Um, anyone who's watching or listening, thanks a lot. You'll Again, you can find us at modernthirst.com. And uh, thanks for watching. Cheers. Cheers.